Greetings, everyone. Welcome back once again, and you are in for another beautiful message. And this message of this sermon will be defenseless. And we know that as we are saints and warriors of the Most High, we cannot afford to be defenseless. And I am Bishop Charles E. Jones, Jr., Senior Pastor and Overseer of the House of Healing and Restoration, New Life with New Hope. So, defenseless. And we know as saints and warriors and ambassadors of the Most High that we cannot afford to be defenseless. And even in the sports, you have a offense and a defense. And then the offense alone won't work. And that's practically with any sports. You can have a great offense, but if the defense is not where it's supposed to be, your team is more likely to fail. And that's been basketball, football. I mean, you can have the ball, which will be the offense. And you can score every time you get the ball. But if you don't stop your opponent, then you are going to be in serious trouble because they can stop you by having their great defense and end up winning the game. Another incident I thought about was the Floyd Mayweather versus Ortiz fight. And in that incident, it was um, some dirty work done. He headbutt Floyd Mayweather's. And then they had to stop it. They broke it loose for a moment and then had him come back out to fight. And as they did, Ortez, his opponent, wanted to touch gloves to, not, in other words, saying, I'm sorry, uh, my bad. And, Ortez, and Floyd said, okay, fine. But soon as he did it, he swung a couple of hits that knocked his opponent out. And in that, they were saying that you are supposed to protect yourself at all times. And what happened was Ortiz called himself, hey, I'm, I'm sorry for doing what I did to you. But at the same time, Floyd, remember, I'm in here to win a fight. And what happened was he knocked his opponent out and it was legal because his opponent left his guards down. He began to be defenseless. And that's how it is even in our spiritual walk. We can't afford to be defenseless. In our own homes, with our own family, with our children, our co-workers, sometimes all they're waiting for is a moment when your defense is weak, not up to part. And you can't always bounce right back from it. Even in a fight, sometimes in wrestling, even coming up, we used to wrestle and fight. And if somebody take you by surprise, sometimes you might be able to bounce back. But if it might be a real big struggle in order to do that. So we can't afford to leave our defenses down. And our adversary is fighting against us each day to the to disable our defense and use 
whoever he can, whether spouse, child, children, family, friends, enemies, strangers, whomever. And sometimes our weakness is not having on the helmet of faith, which a helmet also protects the head and mind, which the devil attacks. An idle mind is the devil's workshop. Y'all remember that? Skill fighters may be caught off guard and have to fight twice as hard to gain the upper hand again. I remember the uh, times when family wanted me to feel helpless because I was in a position that needed their help. How many have been in that situation? You, you may have borrowed money or wanted to use their vehicle or something came up. So they felt powerful over me or over you because you had to come to them. And as for me, though, I wouldn't allow that because I knew it was only for a season. I wouldn't allow them to feel like you're more than me. You're dominant. I remember on numerous of jobs, some bosses that just got hired in felt they had to prove their authority by belittling workers. And many a times I had to let them know in my situation that I'm not defenseless, nor am I helpless. And I stood my ground and got proper people in charge, even ones over the boss, because I know and knew who I was. I knew who my father was. Talk about my spiritual father. And he has and had my back, and they would only go so far. He had my back <laughs> ever since I was a baby, ever since I was young, even before I was formed in my mother's womb, he had my back. I remember a young foreman that tried to bully me and shortly afterwards looked like he saw a ghost because he met me at a hospital and he was frightened because he thought that, oh, now we're face to face and the company's not here to help him. So if this dissolves on a one-on-one situation, I'm in trouble. But no, I have become a new creature. The old me has passed away. And I'm seeking for my heavenly throne. I'm looking for my crown of righteousness that's been laid up for me that was promised to me. Oh, yes. Yeah, somebody know what I'm talking about. But we have not. We are not defenseless. We are more than overcomers. We are powerful. And matter of fact, what did what did a Messiah, the Savior of the world, say? He said, "I go away to the Father, but greater things shall you do, because I go away. And in the meantime, I will not leave you comfortless. So you're not going to be alone. You're not going to be by your side." You're not going to be forsaken or mis misunderstood. I understand you. And yes, I will be there. Do you remember the Messiah when he was tempted of Satan and he told him to cast himself down off the mountain and all that other 
stuff he tried to talk to him about. And this was when he went into the mountains to fast for 40 days and 40 nights. The enemy came when he felt like he was weak, when he was hopeless, when his guards was down. But even in that, the Messiah let him know he quoted right back at him with scriptures. And he was not defenseless. Matter of fact, what the enemy fails to realize is when we begin to fast and pray and get off to ourselves and be consecrated and meditate like the in a Proverbs was saying, meditate on his word both day and night. That's when our inner man becomes strong. We become more powerful. Some people will look at you and be like, oh, man, you are just glowing. There's something about you. That's that glory of the most high that's all around us and in our lives. One more thing I want to read, Matthew 12 and 29. New International Version says, or again, how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man? Then he can plunder his house. And remember the movie Scarface? Remember with all the cameras and security that he installed. When he began to let his guards down, when he began to not do what he was supposed to do and became defenseless, that's when everything went chaotic. Chaos began to take place. It got so bad to where it even ended his life. And my mind now goes into the, into the book of Matthew. Remember the story of the ten virgins? Five wise and five foolish. The five wise, they took their oil, they took extra oil, and they took their lamps because they knew that the bridegroom would come. And they knew that if he came and something happened in the Tarian state, they would need extra oil, they would be prepared. But the five foolish stuck around him and hung with him. And then around midnight, there was a cry, the bridegroom cometh. Oh, and everybody was happy. But then the foolish, the five foolish began to ask the tent, the other five, the five wise, give me some of your oil just in case uh, ours run out. But they said, oh, no, we can't do that. We can't prepare if something goes wrong and we give you our all and we need it, we're in trouble. So why should they suffer just because the other five chose to live foolishly? And that's what we're doing if we keep our defenses down. We're living foolishness, foolishly. Remember the night in the Garden of Gethsemane when the guards the soldiers, they came also to catch the Savior of the world. And they thought they was going to catch him with his guards down. 
because it's nighttime now. But he wasn't having his guards down. He was prepared. He already knew what was going to take place because before they came, he went to his disciples that were with him and asked them, pray with me for one hour. And he began to pray. Actually, he got away from them a good distance and prayed for an hour. Then he came back to them, saw that they were asleep, woke them up, said, pray with me an hour. This will be the second hour. So he did likewise, went back where he was and prayed and came back and saw that they were asleep. And he came back to him a third time, and then he was like, take your rest. But he went on and prayed. And he prayed because he knew that the time of all this bad stuff was about to take place. He knew that now was the darkest hours. His prophecy of him being persecuted tormented, suffering was just beginning. And as he was talking within himself, he was talking about how when he prayed, it was prayer was so, so emotional. And what was before him was so, so heavy till he began to pray and the sweat was coming down his face as if it was blood. It wasn't blood, but it was as blood. And that is a very mental and very, very stressful situation. When your body starts to feel like that, anybody in the medical field could tell you that is something of, oh, man, you have so much on your mind. You're almost having a nervous breakdown. But when the soldiers came out there, they thought he was at his weakest point, but no, even the angels had come down during his prayer and strengthened him. The same angels that he saw up in his glorious kingdom before he came down to this earth. What's the matter? He was not defenseless. He was not helpless. He was not hopeless. And even when uh, the soldiers came and Peter took a sword and cut one of his the, uh, soldiers ear off, and he put and the Messiah placed it back on his on his head and let him know if I wanted to, I could pray to my father and he could send down a league of angels and they will fight for me. But my kingdom is not down here. My kingdom is not of this earth. And even when he was standing before Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate began to get arrogant. Don't you know I have authority to let you go and I have authority to release you? But my spiritual big brother, my Messiah, <laughs> he told him, you have no power unless my father give it to you. So we are living examples because we had a role model before us. This role model didn't come down there to perform miracles just to show what he could do. But he did what he had to do. 
And when a lot of people were healed, different ones was asking, who sinned? Did this man sin because of according to the law? They had a right. They wanted to ask this question. Did they sin or did their parents sin? And on certain occasions, he had to let them know neither one sinned. But this is so that you will see the power of my heavenly father. And when you get in that state of mind and you accept him, he becomes your father. He becomes your heavenly father. And we are heirs and we are joint heirs to him. We are brothers and sisters. We are siblings to the Messiah, the King of King, the Lord of Lord, the Prince of Prince. We are heirs and joint heirs. So if we endure like he told us in the book of Revelation, that if you overcome this world, even as I have overcome, my father's kingdom is going to offer you so many benefits. And I have a right to offer this to you because you are now my brothers and sisters. And even when he was on the cross before he took the cloud up to go back to paradise, to heaven, to his throne. Oh, he looked at the satirion and he told him, the satirion asked the question. Lord, when you go in your kingdom, please remember me. And the Messiah stopped what he was doing for a moment and told him this day, you will be with me in paradise. So if people wonder this day, is he talking about right now? Or I just put it to you like this. His father, remember the scripture where it said God's minds and thoughts are not like ours, and his ways are way higher than ours. And one day is as a thousand, a thousand years unto him. So, hey, I encourage you, whatever you're going through, whatever trials going through, tribulations, circumstances, a loved one, a spouse, a significant other, uh, children, family, just stay prayed up. Keep your hands in the most high's hand. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will always be there. He will walk with you. He will talk with you. Just make sure that your guards are not down. Because that's what the enemy wants. He wants you to throw in the towel and quit. He wants a lot of people to commit, a, uh, commit suicide. But you don't have to. Because there is a way, there is an answer to whatever your situation is. If it's, if it's abuse, if it's addiction, whatever it is, there is a way and there is hope. You do not have to be defenseless. He don't want you to be defenseless. Remember the, the um, story about the the footprints in the sand where the man was walking in the sand and he had been talking to the father all that time. And they said that as he looked, as he looked back over his life, he started seeing one set of footprints instead of two. 
And he began to question that. And he began to ask the Lord, the Heavenly Father, all this time we were walking together. And we were doing good. I thought we had a great communication. But when the tests and the trials and the waves of this world and the cares of this world came, I realized that you had left me because there was only one set of footprints. And I thought we were a lot closer than that. But he had to let the man know, child, son, my dear loved one, I never left you. When the times got hard, when the circumstances got to be too more than you can bear, when you felt like you couldn't make it anymore, when you exhausted yourself, that's when I picked you up and I began to walk with you and carry you so the one set of footprints are not yours. They're mine. I kept my end of the bargain. So if someone right now have any questions, somebody's been doubting whether he's alive. Is he really true? Does he really exist? I'm telling you now. Come right now. Let someone pray with you. Talk with you. And talk with him. Ask him to reveal himself to you. Because you need somebody that's going to help you. Encourage you. Show you the way. Strengthen you. And for the saints out there. For the ones who are holding on even by thin hair. Hold on. Like the scripture say, when you've done all you can do. All you got to do is stand. Look at the Messiah. Look at the, the Savior of the world. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he prayed to his Heavenly Father, who is also our Heavenly Father. And he asked him to remove this cup from him. He said, if it's your will, take it away. I'm coming to this hour of doomsday. I'm coming to the hour of my my suffering, my abuse, my affliction. But at the end of it, before the prayer was done, he said, nevertheless, whatever your will is, whatever you want done. And that's what we got to say to ourselves. We're looking at the troubles that's before us. We're looking at the situation but we're not looking at the individuals that the enemy is using. It could be mama. It could be daddy. It could be sister, auntie, nephew, uncle, whoever it is. We're looking at that person. But we're not looking at the person that's inside of them. The enemy is using that person to get you to throw up your hands, to give up your defenses, to throw in a towel. But if you hold on a little bit longer, be strong just a little bit longer. Hold on because you can overdo it. You can overcome. You can be encouraged. You can make it over. And heaven belongs to you. 
There's a crown up in heaven right now waiting on you. And you have a new name in heaven that no one will know. No one's going to know. But you, you are a new creature. And every day you want to stay with the most high. Every day you want to fast. Every day you want to be consecrated. Every day you want to walk right. Every day you want to live right. Every day you want to get in his word and let the word get inside of you. The devil is good, becoming more and more angrier with you. He don't like it. He don't like it at all. Because he was up in heaven. He knows the beauty. He knows the luxury there is up there. And he said that he was going to take as many souls with him to hell. Oh, but that's not going to happen either. That's not going to happen. So we thank everyone for tuning in. We thank you right now. And may there be a blessing on all the hearers of this holy word and this holy message. And encourage them right now, Heavenly Father. Give them strength right now. Bless them right now. Whatever they're going through, lift them up. Take them up to the heights and the levels and the atmosphere that they need to be in. Where they need to be. Asking you to take them through their tests and trials and tribulations. Give them strength. Give them encouragement. Let them know that you are right there with them. Right there beside them. Even in the midnight hour, when they feel they're all alone, you are right there. And we praise you. And once again, we want to say we thank each and every one of you who has tuned in on this broadcast. And this is Bishop Charles E. Jones, Jr., the senior pastor and overseer of the House of Healing and Restoration. New life with new hope because all of that is just what it says. So be encouraged and listen for us for the next time. May our Heavenly Father watch over you always. Bless you.